Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough... Think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. That it does, and no coronavirus pandemic is going to stop a podcast. I mean, please, I I know we're at a crossroads, apparently, in the uh, sporting world, but it has been a wild week. It has really been Mr. Toad's wild ride, but we are here to enlighten you, and we figured since there are no sports going on, uh, and it will not be going on, we we can, and this podcast, uh, let's be honest, we were ahead of the curve on this, because we have not really talked much sports ever since this thing launched, other than Benny versus the Penny, where we would break down NFL games, so we, we've now, we, we were ahead of the uh, the, the turning point uh, of society, where, where everything's on hold, it appears, for at least a month and everyone's walking on eggshells right now trying to figure out what to do. And so uh, we're going to do something a little different on this podcast. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the illness has not caused Gascon to call in sick. He is still here. Fully uh, so. operational, Ben Maller. Yes, fully operational. We were uh, uh, we were nice. immunized, right? I mean, that's kind of what it went down to, right, when we busted this thing open in September of 2019? Yeah. Well, we're not really, if you think about it, we're not real. We live in the magic radio box or podcast box, so we're not really real people. We're just figments of your imagination as a listener, so we really have nothing to worry about. 
Nothing to worry about. But my goodness, Gascon, I, I, I used to have nightmares when I was uh, growing up you know, in the business. I started when I was 19. And I was like, I, I would have like these, I, I, what, what happens if there was no sports? And um, what would I talk about? And uh, and here we go. We will find out over the next month what is going to happen. Okay, the so how, plot thickens. How is this any different, though, from when we get into the dog days of summer where there's only Major League Baseball going on? Well, it's much different. I'll tell you why. Number one, uh, we are looking ahead. There's there's other drama involved with you know plots in the story about you know, in the summer. In June, for example, which everyone bitches about in sports radio, the uh, industrial complex of sports radio, they complain about June. But in June, we're about a month away from training camp. We're about a month away. There's that second wave of free agency in the NFL, which carries the conversation. You also have the NBA draft. The finals have ended. The draft's right around that time. Then you're looking ahead to NBA free agency. Like I I used to have a program director, and we would go over the sports calendar. It's like everything's kind of choreographed like through certain periods of the year. Now, yeah, there's not as much meat on the bone. It's like getting a in June. It's like getting a chicken wing where there's just a little (laughs) bit of meat on the bone. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's the, the comp would be if you look at this like real estate. Number two, the comp would be nine eleven, right? And uh, I I was on the radio back then, and we did shows, and Fox Sports Radio kept moving on. But the sports world in, in September of twenty oh one, there was no NFL for a brief period of time. There was no. Uh, Major League Baseball, but it didn't. I don't think it, it didn't last a month. No, uh, I think it was uh, maybe a, a week or a couple of weeks, and then everything kind of moved back. But this this appears by all indications that we're getting as we are uh, recording this podcast. Uh, this looks like it's going to last at least a month. Now, so, now for the man. sake of, then the, for the sake of continuity, Ben, since you have um, you had developed a, a certain NFL bookum. Uh, topic throughout the course of the calendar year in the National yeah. Football League. Will we have anything, or will you have anything that showcase with an NBA quarantine bookum? You know, I was actually thinking about since the NCAA tournament. I, I don't know if I should give this out right now, and maybe why. By the time you hear this, I will have already used this on the radio. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but I was thinking about doing a bracket of deadly plagues. Right, like where where would the coronavirus be? Would it be a one seed or a two seed? We don't know. I would say it's probably like a ten seed right now. The coronavirus, um, you got to put as your number one seeds the bubonic plague. Bubonic plague, yeah, that's got to be number one. Um, Spanish flu, yeah, famous. Uh, that's always a good one. Typhoid fever, yeah, um, you could put that on there. Uh, or you know any fe- scarlet fever. Uh, Black Plague would be a number one seed, I would think. H1N1? H1N1, yes. Uh, SARS, Ebola. Yeah. That's uh, some of the more modern. Uh, how about West Nile? Where does, yeah. What the hell do you do with the West Nile virus? Yeah. Where do you put the West Nile virus? What about the African swine f- uh, fever? What do you do with that? What about hepatitis? That's a good one. Yeah. That is, a, that is a, I mean, so... Listen, I mean, there's a lot. If you, if I were to put this together, I mean, you go down the list there. What about just the mumps? Yeah. You know, does that smallpox, basic smallpox? Yeah. 
Uh, See, I mean, there's a lot that has to go into this. I, I got to go in and, and meet with people, and because you know, not every pandemic is the same. Right. Yeah. They're not all equal. So, so you'd put it as high as ten, but considering the fact of how our NCAA brackets typically are, you wouldn't slot the the Wuhan virus as a twelve. You would have put it as a live dog anywhere. I would put it as a ten, yes, um, because people have moved past the stage of reasonability. So you got when you put the bracket together, Gascon, the deadly plagues bracket, and yeah. you've got to really factor in uh, public perception. It's like it's kind of like how the Lakers every year, when they have a decent team, are the favorites to win the championship. Not. Out of Vegas, not necessarily because the Lakers are actually going to win, but it's because of liability. And there's a lot of dummies that like the Lakers that bet in Vegas on the Lakers. So it's a way to cover themselves in case the Lakers end up winning. And so when you put the bracket together, you have to factor in. Listen, if I if I put the coronavirus as a ten, and then I have malaria as a twelve. Well, you know, I'm covering myself because I malaria is not as popular as the coronavirus. More people are going to bet on the coronavirus because that's what's going on right now. So, you know, and then at the you know at the bottom, you can go to like the very original biblical plagues, the uh, swarms of locusts. Yeah, right from the Bible, you could put that in there. Boom, done. And they still have swarms of locusts, though. That's crazy to me that yeah. we still have in certain parts of the country swarms of locusts. Now, so the Spanish flu was originated what 1918, right? It was the influence influenza epidemic uh that sounds right sure we'll Nin- go with that 1918 and 1919 so i gotta put you in the spot i hate doing this but if we have all these one seeds or twos or threes yeah where's our 16 where is the the umbc that defeated virginia two years ago like where well i like guess 16 would be like a basic common cold that would be a 16, which is not a deadly, but people do die, I guess, occasionally from the cold if you've yeah. got pre-existing health conditions. So I would put, you know, because the cold, nobody gets worried when they have the cold. Right. Who the hell cares about the cold? You get a, maybe a day off. I just suck some garlic and I'm good. You know, that's how I do it. So if we went back in reverse, then you'd probably go cold and then pneumonia, right, at 15? Yeah, I think that's not a bad call on that. You know, I'd really have to look. When you get down, I don't even know if we'd have 16 seats. I don't even know if we would have that. I mean, you're also, what do you do? I know this is not technically a deadly plague, but if you drink enough of it, it is. How about, what do you do with the water in Flint, Michigan? Oh, is that a is that a live uh, like a, a nine a nine seed is that higher than the coronavirus yeah because you got to think about that I mean you're drinking you need water right uh, to survive um, so you know and then what about the classical HIV yeah. which uh, was a very very big and and still people get HIV it's although Magic Johnson's got it and he seems healthier than anybody um, and so yeah well, like when you think about this at night. How much of an asshole do you got to be to think about this just on the moments of cancellation with the NCAA tournament and Major League Baseball being postponed and the NHL suspending their season? Like how like what level of of asshole are we for talking about this? Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket 
when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, well, I'm trying to kill time on a podcast and I'm also planning on doing this. I'm planning on doing this on the radio at some point if I haven't already done it. But, uh, no, because this, listen, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. Now, I believe that you, you know, hack radio is over the holidays and I've been a great advocate against hack radio. Yes. But my position is evolving here. Gascon, let me tell you. Okay, because the reason I argue against hack radio and you know Christmas or Thanksgiving is because spoiler alert, there's shit going on. You don't have to go down to that level. It's just a sign of being lazy, right? It's a yeah. sign of being lazy. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying you always have to break new ground, but there's stuff going on. You just got to dig a little deeper. Now, I will argue that for the next month. That I might have to do, you, you know, Gascon Radio, List Radio. No, no, no. no. I, I, you know, Mount Rushmore Radio. Uh, who are your top four football coaches of all time? Belichick's number one. Do you put Lombardi too? What Bill about Walsh? Bill Walsh, a legend from the 49ers. What yeah. do you do with, uh, you know, do you look at the Dolphins and the success they had? Parcells. Under Shula. Uh, yeah, Parcells, he didn't win enough, though, right? I mean, he didn't win the big one enough. Yeah. What do you do with, what do you, how about Andy Reid, great regular season coach? Sure. Where does he rank? Look, we can't do that to the listeners. I think that the fortunate <laughs> thing for you is that you have a base 
that doesn't overreact. I think you have a meat and potato based audience that's built in. Like you don't need a lot of dressing or sauerkraut or onions yeah, or chives. You know, like, well, we'll, we'll, we will. The show will go on, so we will find things to talk about. Yeah. I have a feeling we'll be really micro analyzing and putting. Uh, random comments made by athletes on Instagram and Twitter, and we will put those under the microscope, and we will then do entire monologues about a random tweet yeah. from uh, from someone. So I have a feeling we'll get a lot of that. But but and, is uh, there yeah. is there anything that tops the image now of 2020, like Rudy Gobert touching microphones before getting <laughs> sick? Well, he was trying to be funny, uh, and you know, no good deed goes unpunished, right? He thought he was funny. He didn't think he was, uh, you know, who cares? You know, I'll be, I'll be the jokester. See, there's nothing to worry about here, and uh, there you go. Wow. Well, we're not killing time here, Ben. So, what's on the menu no. today? All right. So, this is going to be the first of what could become a regular feature on this show. I love documentaries. Can't get enough of documentaries. So for the first time in the history of the fifth hour with Ben Maller and that other guy, Gascon, we will have a Siskel and Ebert. That's old school. That's before your time, Gascon, before my time. I watch clips on YouTube. But a Siskel and Ebert type of review, which, do you know Siskel and Ebert was the inspiration for Pardon the Interruption? No kidding. Yes. They uh, they positioned that show as an homage to Siskel and Ebert. Because Michael Wilbon from Chicago, yeah, and uh, those guys were Chicago guys. But uh, so we'll review a movie. We'll we'll go. I'm going to dig deep here. I, I gave Gascon a homework assignment. I told you, you to watch the movie. Uh, I watched it th- twice, actually. Well, three times, really. Um, part of it for a third time. I very rarely do this. Uh, it's. I mean, I really have to like something for me to watch it. Uh, three times, so that's gonna most of what it's gonna be be about. We'll we'll get a grab bag in, actual questions by actual listeners. We got study this and don't stick to sports if Gascon's got anything there. Um, so so we'll get right into it. Yes, yes, of course. All right, so we we begin the name of the movie, which I guess is kind of important. It is Super Size Me Two, Holy Chicken, and the cool thing about this. You don't have to go to the movie theater because nobody can. Everyone's in quarantine. It's free. It's on YouTube. I hooked up. I got a cable. I hook up my my phone to my television, and I watched this thing like I was in theater mode, and it was awesome. It's a film by Morgan Spurlock, the man behind the original Super Size Me 2, and it, the, the plot, it's a documentary, but the plot is this guy who was you know a big... I hate fast food. You know this is terrible, and all. Well, now he's decided to open his own uh, fast food chicken joint, and and uh, so so he goes to Columbus, Ohio. The test they say the test market capital of America. Now, when I was growing up, Gascon, Peoria, Illinois, mm. was the test market capital of America. I guess it's moved now to Columbus, Ohio. Well, it's one of the second, uh, I think it's ranked either one or two now in the middle of America, the Midwest countries or Midwest cities in the United States. So it makes sense. You're either put Columbus, your, Ohio is ranked number two? Yeah, it's either one or two right now. For what? What ranking are you looking at? In terms of a population and growth. Really? Yeah. You got Chicago. I think you have Chicago, Columbus, and you might swap those orders. And then I believe you go down to Charlotte. Well, Charlotte's not in the Midwest. I, well, I'm, I'm talking about cities itself, like mid-market cities. 
What about Nashville? I don't know. It's a good question. Austin, Texas. Yeah, where all the woke people live. Oh, no, they're here in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm so LA. tired of woke. I'm so, so <laughs> sick and tired of woke people. Why? We got, I, we got I LA. I, we have San Francisco. We have New York. Uh, we have uh, Portland. I, I just want to get away from the super woke people that are offended by everything and practice virtue uh, signaling. I just need a break. I just enough. So we got Milwaukee that's in there, Cincinnati, Chicago. Milwaukee growing? Yeah. Really? I don't know about that. Traverse City, Michigan. Indy. Yeah, Ooh. Indy's cool. I've been to Indy. That's a hip town. I like Indy. Yeah. I'm down for Columbus, though. So, I, I've never I've been to Cleveland. I've never been to Columbus. I don't think I've ever been to I've been to Ohio a few times, but I've never been to Columbus. Uh, all right. So, so anyway, the, the documentary, it, fo- it focuses in on big chicken. Did you know there was such a thing as big chicken? No, I did not, but it makes sense now that I saw it. Uh, This is crazy. The numbers, and you should never give too many numbers out on an audio broadcast because people aren't taking notes and they can't visualize the numbers. But just imagine here that there are over 20 billion chickens around the globe. There's more than three chickens for every human on Earth. I learned that from the documentary. Which I guess makes sense, right? When you think about, you know, chickens kind of a small bird and there's a lot of there's a lot of people, but people are bigger and they take up uh, more space. The most farmed animal on the planet. Yeah. The chicken. Now with piggybacking off of that number, one billion chicken sandwiches are eaten a year. Yeah. Well they say that Wendy's, McDonald's, and Chick fil A go through about one point four billion. Oh man. Pounds of chicken per year. That's 3.7 million per day. Yeah. <laughs> 43 pounds of chicken per second, they, according to this documentary that people are eating. Now, full disclosure, Ben, when, when, we, yeah. when we eat fat, like when we eat like fat asses, and let's yeah. say the places that we go to, McDonald's, Jack in the Box, Burger King, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Carl's Jr. Raising Cane's. Raising Cane's. Yeah. How many of those places do you actually eat chicken sandwiches at? You know, I'm more of a chicken strip guy, but I'm still eating chicken. I, yeah. When I used to go to Wendy's back in the day, I, I loved the Wendy's chicken sandwich. Really? I've, I almost okay. never got burgers at Wendy's. I always got the chicken sandwich at Wendy's, the fried chicken sandwich, and I got a side of nuggets, and I got it upsized, and I love that. Yeah. My wife loves Chick-fil-A. Uh, the, the family's all about the Chick-fil-A, but I, I'm, you know, I'm fine. It's not terrible, but you know, it's not as good as Raising Cane's. Wow. Now, see, I I only eat burgers at In-N-Out or Carl's Jr., but if you go to McDonald's, Chicken McNuggets, Chick-fil-A, spicy chicken sandwich, if I go to Jack in the Box, it's always two tacos and two chicken sandwiches, and it's like five bucks. So it's pretty well-priced. You're such a pig. I am. I'm fat. When I watched this bed, I had two thoughts. (laughs) I want to eat, and I want to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife. When we were watching it, she's like, "I forced her to watch it, and she oh, was good. into it." She was, and and she's like, oh, "I guess we're not eating chicken anymore." I'm like, "No, I'm eating chicken." I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to stop my eating my chicken. Um, but it's crazy. We're more likely to eat chicken than we are beef now. Yeah, chicken overtook beef a couple of years ago, according to this this uh, the movie Super Size Me Too. Now, because this all was intertwined, so people will know this when they start watching it. But the way that the marketing 
worked was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into that. But, the marketing's unbelievable. But the way that they mentioned that with the chicken supplanting beef, well, that, that thing that goes just into the way that it's prepared, right? Cooked and... And yeah, yeah, exactly. And People, the, the the chicken sandwich has become the new the new burger, yeah. and it's it's the number one sandwich in America. And uh, we'll get to that. But but wait, there's more numbers, Gaskin. I have yep. more numbers. I, I scribbled down some more numbers numbers here. Uh, there are nine plus billion. They call them the Ross Cross Large Double Breasted Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't know. I have never heard of this. Have you ever heard of this? No. I, I'm not really in the poultry business, but this is the fastest growing broiler chicken hatched each year. Did you did you see the numbers on this? This I, stood out for me too. I did. <laughs> yeah, th- these are bred for the meat, obviously, because yeah. you know the poultry game. But six weeks after they hatch, they are ready to be sent to the slaughterhouse and go to the dinner table. Six weeks. Yeah. Lifespan of six weeks. I I could not believe the process from start to finish about how Morgan actually developed his his own little farm. With yeah, in Alabama, chicks. right? He went yes. to Alabama. Yeah, yeah. The creator was in Alabama. He actually drove up for the for the grand opening, and the monopoly that's amongst the the chicken and Tyson chicken in particular really controls the yeah. market. Well, that's big chicken. Yeah, yes. that's big chicken. But but just to follow up here on the the. Ross crosses large double-breasted, fastest-growing broiler chicken. Um, they say 70 years they've been researching this for 70 years. So let's do the math on that. What are we looking at, 1950, yes. roughly? Yeah, 50. Yeah, pretty good math, huh? 1950. <laughs> and they they're, they're bragging about the research. It's selective breeding. And from originally when they started this 70 years ago it took between 16 and 20 weeks for a chicken to be big enough to go to to make a chicken sandwich and it's down to six weeks every year they take a day off the breeding uh the time it takes so i mean given enough time are we looking at a chicken being hatched and then a week later <laughs> it's uh, ready to go to the slaughterhouse that's dangerous and and the most profitable chickens to be had or the males. That's right, baby. How oh. about us? Let's hear it for the boys. Man. Come on, ladies. Sorry. Oh, uh, bad job by you. <laughs> so yeah. chicks and females are, are obviously low on the totem pole of the slaughter. Males, the top dog, and the most profitable. Yes. And this is uh, this is crazy. Did you see the? they had a little graph? Yeah, I don't give everything away, but I don't yeah. care. I mean, most people aren't going to watch it. But uh, you should watch it. If you watch it, I don't think this is any – I'm giving too much away. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so they said if a human being, a child, was born and grew at the same rate as yeah. the modern-day broiler chicken, yeah. a two-month-old baby, right, 60 days into life, would weigh 660 pounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, that's a fat baby. Yeah. That is a... A fat baby, but it's plus it's or minus the uh, plus or minus the fake grill marks on the baby, right? Yeah, oh yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, ninety plus percent of consumers are going for the fried or crispy version rather than the grilled, and uh, and and they, it, it, it's really interesting. And I love that. I want to get into the marketing stuff because I this is right in my wheelhouse. You yeah. know, I have uh, ranted about weasel words and sports and advertising. Uh, for years, I remember when I had an epiphany and I read in a book that the term best 
was a was a weasel term, and that just set me off on a course in my life where I then wanted to learn about weasel words because uh, in the advertising there were lawsuits about you know this place this you know pastrami shack we'll just use that as an example said they had the best pastrami sandwich in the world um, and then so somebody sued and all that and they determined that the legal definition in advertising for the term best is as good as everything else in that category. Meaning you can have 17,000 mom-and-pop sandwich shops that all have the world's best sandwich. And uh, I, that just blew me away. That stuck with me. And I, when seeing the marketing weasels take over in this documentary, this new Morgan Spurlock documentary, I guess it came out last year, but I just saw it. It's free on YouTube now. Yeah. Um, the Health Halo, that was a good one. Yeah. That now, this is what marketing people do, is they have uh, associated, you know, certain terms associated with certain products that are only there to make you feel healthier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they call it the health halo. Yeah. Shouldn't we do that in sports radio? Shouldn't we do terms that make us seem more, you know, on the ball? And, uh, yeah, but you know. how many guys have that kind of diversity with their language that's the other thing too it's almost like real estate ben you know this like you can't have the old terminology is you can't have a mansion in a ghetto and you can't have a ghetto surrounded by mansions so this kind of goes back to your point about the unhealthiest food is surrounded by all this green they do it not only in the food itself but in the ambiance of all the venues like mcdonald's uh, a Chick-fil-A, a Burger King, like the wall, the writing on the cuffs, yeah, like yeah, everything. I mean, there's these little mind tricks that they've figured out yeah. by studying human nature. And But the some of the examples they used in the documentary, they use terms like fresh, yeah. natural, handcrafted, artisan. Free range. Free range. Uh, homemade. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's also one. And, and, Crispy, uh, not yeah. fried. <laughs> yeah, uh, fried has evolved. You got to get it right here, guess God. Fried evolved to crispy. Yeah, there you go. And I didn't even notice because I'd always say, uh, when I would go to Wendy's back in my big eating days and I'd get the chicken sandwich combo, I'd like the fried chicken sandwich combo and uh, I would like upsized and I want some fried chicken nuggets, but now it's crispy. Yeah. At some point, I was not paying attention and I failed. I failed society and it became crispy. Uh, how about this? 100% natural, all, 100% natural, all natural, farm to table. Yeah. That's a big one, right? Better for you. Yeah. Means nothing. None of those terms mean anything. Hormone free. <laughs> Hormone free is another one. Hormone free is another one. Uh, and, um, and they, then they also explain the difference between natural or an organic, because most people think natural yeah. is organic, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, I mean, and they make organic, um, but this was very eye-opening for my wife, who unfortunately, and she's admitted to it, she, uh, when she goes to the store, she sees terms like fresh, natural, yeah. uh, farm to table, and gets very excited and wants to buy those products because they usually, you know, they, she assumes, you assume the position that they're better for you, I get it, mm-hmm. um, but then they, they talked about younger people who look for quality ingredients, they want transparency. Yeah. They said, and you know, what are the additives or preservatives? And uh, you mentioned free range yeah. or cage free, which was a big part of the documentary. Uh, but to continue this train of thought, marketing weasels, we have deceptive advertising, all natural. They claim, and this was this this really stuck out to me in this documentary. The most misleading claim in the poultry meat business is all natural. 
Because as you said, the average person thinks it's organic and it's not. Did you see this is this is so Weasley. Yeah. This is like one of the great Weasley things I've ever ever watched or heard about. All natural according to the United States Department of Agriculture means minimally processed, no artificial ingredients. But here's the key part. It only means what happens after the animal has been killed. It has nothing to do with how the animal was raised. Oh, now that is outstanding. And, and by law, they say you cannot add hormones to poultry. Right. So it's impossible. But yet they still claim no added hormones. And, and, They're not allowed to add hormones. And one of the things, because people might be asking, how is this even possible? How do they get around this? Well, Morgan actually discovers in, through Q&A that the USDA, they don't have enough money to be testing these animals for any kind of hormones so they just believe it from from the suppliers from the farmers yeah and it's called no the honor system yeah. they're doing the honor system with the food the honor system uh, think about does the honor system ever work no you know, my, my dad when i was a kid my my old man would he was his parents smoked all my grandparents smoked and my my dad was like oh so against smoking when i was growing up and he would go on these rants about smoke. They used to have vending machines selling cigarettes, mm-hmm. and they, you know, based on the honor system. And he would just those teenagers. They don't honor the honor system. They're buying those cigarettes. You know, no, you're going on and on. And nobody honors the honor system. Who who honors the honor system? Nobody. Now, now, exactly. Quick question. Yes. Was that the most eye popping thing for you, or was it the free rage quote unquote <laughs> patio? Well, that was also great. That that was, good. but the fact that you know these misleading—I mean, you cannot add hormones, but yet they brag about no added hormones. Yeah, you can't. You're not allowed to do it. Uh, the cage-free thing was good, though. That is another misleading thing. Yeah, uh, meat chickens in the United States have never been raised in cages. Yeah. So when you say cage free, that's another one of those things. It's you know you it's not true. It's never been true. Uh, uh, and then a humanly raised. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Did you see they said that the people that make the chicken are allowed to determine what that means? <laughs> it, it, I think it goes back to the part where they were mentioning where you have the farm itself, but you can't have the chicks and then eventually the chickens outside for a long period of time either because the temperatures are so hot, these chickens will die from a heart attack because yeah. of how fast they grow. Yeah, and in the documentary, if you watch this, and you know, God knows you should, uh, the cage-free thing. Yeah. Uh, was was great and free range that was a big part of this and they actually had the area which was just like a, what was it a couple of feet it's like two a feet it's like a chick paddock <laughs> yeah it was like a patio it was like a chicken chicken patio to go out and see the sun oh. and uh and the cool thing about that is they determined that even if the chickens don't actually choose to go outside if they have the option of going outside yeah it counts as free range, right? Is that is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's Man. exactly it. Free range, and uh, and the USDA again, they will if you vouch for the safety of the food, they will just rubber stamp. They will just wow. rubber stamp. And the other thing that was great, you know, following the weasel uh, mantra, which we're talking about right now, is the fact that they said in the documentary that a lot of these terms, these very woke terms such as free-range, GMO-free, gamely-raised. Yeah. These came from protesters. These were the activists against the chicken industry, and the chicken industry is like, oh, fuck them, we'll just copy their terms. <laughs> and they did. It's unbelievable. I mean, these, these people that were running around, you know, trying to change the chicken business, the chicken business is like, oh, fuck it, we won't change anything, but we'll just, uh, you know, just use these terms. Now, I... I did come to a realization. I didn't know this from from the doc until they they showed it, but I didn't realize that Chick Fil A has a lot of MSG in their sandwiches. Well, that's the key to get people. It's a way to get people hooked on food. Yeah, that's the sugar, right? That's pretty much that. That's your that's your fix for caffeine. you crave it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, wouldn't it be if you were like a you know a young mom. And you wanted your kids hooked on your food? Just put MSG in your food at home. You can <laughs> buy kid. Your kid will never leave home. Uh, now, your kid will be like, I'm, you know, or your dad. I don't care, mom or dad. You, you're crazy. Now, getting away from just this for a second, has there ever been a food or drink that you've ever been addicted to? And 
Oh, God. Yeah, I was a soda addict, man. I really? would go to 7-Eleven, get the super giant big gulp. I'd, yeah. I'd fill it up. I'd drink about half of it in the 7-Eleven, and then I'd go back, fill it up again oh, before I checked out of the 7-Eleven. Uh, I love soda. I, I believe a lot of my obesity came from drinking soda. Yeah, the sugar. Yeah, I loved it, man. It's empty calories, and you know, now that I'm an you know angry uh, middle aged loser, uh, I look back at that and think about some of the, the uh, amazingly poor life choices I made uh, in the food department. Now, what think, about you, guys? I was going to say, do you, do you think I was worse or better off because I, I went down the road of energy drinks? So when I was like 20 or 21, our whole thing was go to Vegas and order Red Bull vodkas so you can stay up all day, all night for 24 to 48 hours. And I've been on energy drinks ever since. Well, that that can kill you quicker because you can have a heart attack. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, I guess no, you I, win. I, it's a long term thing when you drink soda. You get the illnesses as you age. But, yeah. You know, no, so. and that's the other thing too is because I, I didn't know this, but some of the Instagram accounts that I follow, a couple of the guys are are heavy into life changing experiences, like guys that have been big and now are leaned out or whatever. But they'll do like five to ten minute testimonials on what they do is they diagram the ingredients on energy drinks and say, okay, like for bang, bang is an example where it shows that there's no sodium and there's no sugar. And they label it, they advertise it, there's creatine in it, all this other stuff, BCAAs. And then you read the fine label and then there's other ingredients in there that are actually sugars. But you don't see it because it's so fine in print that you ignore it because you see the other things that pop out at you when you're with the naked eye. So, yeah, I've, I've been like that with Bang, with Five Hour Energy, uh, with Red Bulls, with Rockstars, like all those yeah. drinks. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I never got into it. And I remember when Red Bull kind of came on the scene and I was working in radio at the time yeah. and they were giving the radio station I worked at a lot of free product as a way to get the people on the radio to use it. and all. I mean, whenever you wanted a Red Bull, there was like cases of it yeah. uh, down the hall. And I never really got into it uh, too much, but there were people that were completely addicted to the Red Bull. Yeah. Did not get enough of it. I, um, I mean, so. Vegas for me, that's what it was. Like early 2000s, it was Red Bull and vodka in a lounge or a club. And you stayed up all day, you stayed up all night, and then you eventually crashed, but it was after your weekend extravaganza. So, yeah, it was really bad. And, and obviously, looking back at it now, it's pretty reckless, but that's what you do when you're 21 or 22. Yeah. So, uh, continuing on with the documentary, though, I, I love words. And I like to. I feel like I'm self-educated. I didn't really didn't pay attention in school, and I feel like I've learned more since I got out of school than I learned in school. Because I try to learn a different word to every day, and try to figure out if they're they're too long to pronounce, if I could use them in my lexicon. I, I did not know of the word bucolic. Did were you aware of the word bucolic? You no, know what that means? No. They used it in the documentary, so I went to the Google. And I looked it up. I went to the uh, interweb, and they because they talked about this bucolic. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it correct. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. Uh, this bucolic notion that what goes on on the farm in America is just like when you grew up and you had those little farm toys and yes. all that. Yeah. But bucolic means relating to the pleasant aspects of the countryside or country life. Now, quick like question. It's kind of like another an, an, a, a synonym for that would be like rustic. Right. Okay. So, right. so does this correspond to the the Wendy's barn that's in their logo? Was that what it was? 
Uh, I'm not. I don't remember that part of it, but the, there was some marketing guy that was pretty good, and he was like talking about how um, essentially the people have this idea of what farming's like because of when they were kids playing with little toys. You yeah, know, you see, and I had the same toys. You probably did. We all did. You yeah. know, you had your little farm set with your tractor and your barn and your cow and your chicken and all that stuff. And uh, and then the other thing, which and I have I've repeated this a couple times this week, and it is true. And I learned this a while ago about human nature that people do not take in stuff through fact they take in stuff through stories yeah and this is problematic with the coronavirus for example because you have the facts and you have the stories and the stories are really scaring the shit out of everyone the facts for most people not that bad but people are hearing and learning and uh, and consuming like a sponge the stories and they're not going with the facts, and that becomes problematic. Now, when you've traveled across the United States, Ben, have you ever gone to a city where it was freezing cold that you had to wear uh, ear and hand mitts? Oh, yeah, sure. I Absolutely. I've been to several cities like that. Yeah. All right, so that was one of the funnier parts of this documentary, and it's early on. It's probably about 20 or 30 minutes in. But what Morgan does is he bounces between every fast food restaurant. And when he went to Burger King to order a chicken sandwich, (laughs) he actually took one bite of it and the entire chicken filet, the patty, was hollow. (laughs) So he fingered it with it. He put three (laughs) fingers through it. It looked like a mini uh, mitt. (laughs) Mark tape on that. Yeah, it's pretty much it. I just like, oh my fucking gosh, that is that's exactly what we eat, right? Just empty. Yeah, and yeah, it was pretty. I, I, you know, no, uh, no knock in Burger King, but I've had that same experience. I used to go with the Burger King chicken sandwich, which is elongated. The yeah. Burger King chicken sandwich, elongated. Because my, my grandfather, may he rest in peace, loved Burger King. He loved Pizza Hut and Burger King, oh. his two favorite restaurants. Nice. So we go out with Grandpa. He was the Yiddish guy from uh, Massachusetts, and we'd go out with him. And he, he spoke Yiddish. I learned the, the Yiddish words from him. But uh, we'd go to like Burger King, and he'd get like a Whopper burned up through the grill twice. That's <laughs> yeah. where I learned to love uh, my, uh, my love of uh, overcooked foods. And then... Uh, pizza Hut too, and, and I remember him taking napkins with Pizza Hut pizza back years ago when I was a kid, and sucking the the grease, and and going through like a whole like seventeen napkins to yeah. get all the the oil and grease off the very top of the chick of the uh, pizza. Man, but uh, and the other thing, did you see the the part that stood out to me too is the that every company has to have a story. Yeah. Be- you have to have an advertising campaign, which is a story. You can't just say, hey, my food's better. You have to tell them why your food is better. You've got to weave a good tale. Yeah, but that's where these marketing directors and executives and content creators come in. And it is absolutely fascinating just to see how they kind of wind those words. Like you mentioned, the language that's around that because those words will pop up at you. And because you think, well, because you've never seen it before or never used in, in that kind of a sphere, it, it, it gives you like that warm, comforting feeling along with the co- colors and the atmosphere of the building themselves that you order in. Oh, and then the packaging. Yeah, the packaging is a good one with that. But essentially, the big takeaway is that we're we're all guinea pigs yes. and the food companies are counting on us to follow human behavior yeah. 
to increase their sales. I mean, they, they even said in there, they said, listen, uh, the, the companies do market research, uh, which obvious, everyone in business does market research, but you, they determine like, if people buy more food because there's salads on the menu, they put salads on the menu, even if... And they, I think they said in part of this, maybe I, maybe I just imagined this, that they, they have the salads on the menu, but they don't really sell. That, that they'll, they'll put like two healthy items wrapped around a crispy chicken sandwich, and people will buy the crispy chicken sandwich somehow thinking because it's surrounded by two nice, supposedly healthy items that they're okay. Well, the amazing thing is with that market research, I think this all goes all the way back up to the top of the food chain, no pun intended, but of the way that Tyson manipulates the market where they pay out on a tournament scale. Farmers. Yeah, it's a rigged. It's a rigged system. That's wild, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it is a, a wow. But I, I, like this whole thing blew me away. Like the mar, I keep going with the marketing stuff, and then the I didn't know about anything about the rigged system. I didn't know what the hell big chicken was. I had no idea what that was. Yeah. Um, but just the whole, the whole thing, the, the free range part, which we referenced, where the USDA allows you to use free range mm. as long as the chickens have access to the outdoors, but they don't have to, you know, use it. It's it just the whole thing is just ridiculous. Now I, it's I, just craziness. The greenwashing, I think, was the term they used of, yeah. of the food industry, because consumers they determine want to feel like. The, the the businesses are being honest, and the, the, you know you can trust the, the businesses, but it's still junk food. It's just repackaged junk food with a green label on it. Yeah, labeled a different way. I, I will. But, but let's get into the rig system because you're right. I mean, that's a big part of this, and yeah. I feel bad. We have a lot of farmers that listen to the show, guys that yeah. get up early on the farm, and and listen to the overnight show, which is I guess a morning show for them, and you know getting up before the sun rises. And yeah, I mean, this was brutal, man. This is what a bunch of. Scumbags. I mean, I got to use a word bigger than Mama Luke and Dingleberry. Uh, how about assholes? How about that? Is that a good one? Yeah. Uh, Greedy yeah. ass mothers. Yeah. Uh, so, Big Chicken, they have farmers competing against other farmers. It's not an equal playing field. And there have been some lawsuits. As you said, it's a tournament system. So they claim it's a merit based competition, yeah. but they pit farmer against. Other farmer, you know, grower, etc., and uh, and you're ranked. It's like you know how you have the power rankings every week when yeah. we used to have sports in America, yeah, and they'd have power rankings every week and all that, and uh, and they weigh how much you know they, you're ranked on how much the birds weigh and how much they eat the and sex. how many chickens survive, right, yeah. and all that. Yeah, goes by and, sex, uh, and, it, and it goes. I think it's one through eleven. That's how it was ranked between farmers that were. Uh, supplying the, the yeah, chicks. and they they have a set amount. It's the big pot, and then if you have the most successful chickens, uh, that's great. You get the most money. If not, and on the surface, what's wrong with that? Right, that's capitalism. Because a, if you do well, you should get more. The problem, as they explain in the documentary, is that big chicken dictates everything. So it's not a level playing field. No. Like, they determine what birds you get, what you're supposed to feed them, and if you end up getting a bunch of sick birds, doesn't matter, right? They send you a bunch of female chickens that don't grow as fast as male chickens, uh, fuck you, you're screwed. And then it's it, on top of that, the racket even gets amplified because the way that, like, let's say, for example, I'm Tyson and you're a farmer, well, to keep yourself in business, then I could sell to you a heater 
or a water pump or something else that puts you more in hock. And so you're more in debt while trying to keep yourself afloat. And at the same time, you're barely making ends meet because your chicks don't grow at the level of other competing farmers. Yeah, they they said in in the documentary, and obviously this is one side of the story, Big Chicken didn't respond. Yeah. But the goal is to control these farmers, right? They want to get them just above the water or just a little bit below the water. And it's like a control mechanism to keep everyone under the thumb. And so they stay in lockstep with Big Chicken. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. This is absolutely, absolutely nuts. Um, and it's like a legal way, as they said in there, from from stealing from people. It was like, what's wrong with just, you know, you're based on how many chickens you, you get paid per chicken. It should be equal. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And, and and the process doesn't change every month. So if you and I were, were competing farmers, but if your way to grow the chickens was exactly the same month in and month out, something changes and, or God forbid, if you speak up against yeah. big chicken, then you also get a demerit too. Oh yeah. They were the, one of the guys, the, the guy in the documentaries yeah. uh, he, who worked with Morgan Spur- Spurlock, he, um, pointed out that he had been um, blackballed, ostracized, uh, whatever term you want to use there because uh, of that. But it's it's just nuts. And, and as you pointed out, we talked about it here, uh, they, they they dictate everything, so it's really nothing changes other than them, uh, the big chicken people, and then you're, you're fucked. All right, so time now for the final Maller film review scale of 1 to 10. Now, 10, I love these documentaries. I think one of the great documentaries I've seen in recent years – it's been a couple of years, uh, was Get Me Roger Stone. Yeah. <laughs> I recommended that to you, Gaston, you remember? Did. Yeah, you're betting a 1,000 right now. Yeah, that's a 10. Uh, this documentary, uh, 1 to 10, I'm going to give this a 10 also. Yeah. I believe this was a 10. I watched it multiple times. I mean, hell, we're doing a whole podcast about this. So uh, on the Maller scale of enjoyment, I I put this as a 10. I learned new marketing terms I didn't know about. I learned about how farmers are getting fucked over. I didn't know about that. Uh, I love the whole uh, advertising human nature thing. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how we're all wired and, and how people don't even realize that they're being hoodwinked, uh, hoodwinked rather, and hornswoggled and all this. I... Uh, I think it's great. So, again, the movie is Super Size Me 2, Holy Chicken by Morgan Spurlock. It is absolutely free on YouTube. Last I checked, it's like an hour and 45 minutes, and I give it a 10. Gascon, do you have a yeah. uh, Gascon I, film score? I, I think, unlike the Aaron Hernandez documentary that we talked a little bit about, this one is up there for uh, so many reasons. I think the biggest one is it encompasses everything. And you as a consumer or you as a business owner can relate to it in any kind of market that you're in. And I think Morgan was extremely thorough on this. When he did his market research, it wasn't like he went to one ad agency. He went to multiple ad agencies. He went to his competitors. And the best part, Ben, I think, was he actually went to his biggest critics, too. Because he made several phone calls to the chicken industry and executives that were like, hey, are you the guy that did the documentary? And he said, yeah, I am. I'm also a farmer, too. And, you know, they, they obviously would avoid him, ditch his phone calls, never return anything. But I thought it was great from start to finish. Just the process alone would wake you up to how chickens are, are obviously produced and then bred, if you yeah. will, and then the finalized product. It was fun. 
So what's your one to ten? Ten. Yeah. Ten. ten. All right. Ten. Yeah. All right. But uh, you are batting a what? thousand, two for two on the recommendations with these uh, these documentaries. That's a that's a really. I good watch one. a lot of shitty documentaries, but when I see a good one. It's like, wow, I got to tell everybody. Yeah. And I want to tell everyone in the village. I, f- I found a good documentary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of like that McMillions thing, which I think is also a 10. Yeah. And I'm going to watch the final episode this weekend from HBO. That's also a wonderful documentary. But it's, you know, a lot of this stuff shit. And, and the fact that I stumbled upon this one on YouTube of all places. Yeah. That, that was like craziness. But so, but just the final takeaway though is the final takeaway though is like, I'm am I going to stop eating chicken? No, no. Uh, I'm not going to stop eating chicken. I'm not. The only thing that will really change about this is I, I feel bad for farmers. I don't know how I can help farmers. Maybe if you have an idea on how I can help a farmer, that would be good. And then uh, next time I go to a restaurant, I will notice all the subtle terms that I really haven't paid any attention to. In the marketing, you know, all these little, you know, free range and all natural, the health halo, because um, that 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 health halo thing just they, they kept referencing that that blew me. So, so that's how this will affect. It. Now, do you think he was taunting the market when he because his menu actually had halos on certain food products too? Like, do you think? <laughs> yeah, he was it looked like the, the angel's hat. Yeah, yeah, the old angel's hat with the halo on the side. Yeah, that was pretty damn good, man. I, what provoked you to watch that anyway? Because it's an hour and forty minutes, so it's not yeah, like- that's long. You know, every Friday uh, when I get done with the gym and I come home, I'm like, I always try to watch a documentary, at least one during the weekend. And like, I've watched most of the stuff on Netflix, so I was surfing around and I just stumbled upon this out of I don't know how the hell it, it came up on my. My computer, but I, I'm always like Friday. I spend maybe 20, 30 minutes trying to find something to watch that night, uh, and this just this happened, and it was great. And uh, so, watch if you're into documentaries. Uh, tell me if you agree with the film review here, and we might have to do this every week now, guess because I might have to find <laughs> one until until things get back to normal, right. whatever the fuck normal is in the sports world. We well, might have to get back to that. All right. So for engagement purposes, then because. Obviously, getting Roger Stone was politics. Yeah. This is for food. Uh, sure. So what kind of genre would we go through next with the documentary? We've done murder, I guess, or, or sports with Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there was one a couple years ago that was on Netflix about a music producer that was also a 10. Dr. Dre? No, no. It was about this like guy, this, uh, this random guy who had been associated with all these great music acts who had moved to Hawaii. Hmm. I don't even remember the name of it now. I wish I did because I'd have you watch it and then I'd watch it again and then we'd kill the <laughs> podcast next week. If, if anybody knows, uh, I'm very, I'm not giving out a lot of details, but he, he uh, it was a film, big big movie, not movie, a big music mogul and had a very interesting life in Hollywood, worked with all these big music acts, uh, was connected to like everybody in the business. And then he moved to Hawaii and he hung out and smoked weed with Willie Nelson and Don Nelson and uh, and all that in, in Maui. And um, I, I don't remember. It was on Netflix a few years ago. I got to look anyway, that up then. That's pretty good. I, I don't remember the name, though. Uh, grab Bag. You want Grab Bag? Yeah. Is it Quincy? No, that's not the name of it. No. Wait, wait hold on. Wait, let, me, let me check. Hold on a second. Let me, uh, what'd you say, Quincy? Yeah, Quincy. Documentary? Uh, no. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, Travis Scott? 
Homecoming? No, it's Beyonce. Quincy was one. No, it's not. Quincy's about Quincy Jones, right? Yeah. No, it's not that. This is like an old white Jewish guy. Oh. You know. So that's what that was about. But anyway, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, uh, so grab back. These are actual questions from actual listeners uh, to the podcast uh, like yourself. Eric in Omaha writes in. He says, how much should we blame the Astros for everything that has happened in the sports world so far this year? I say 60% Astros, 37% Rob Manford, 3% China. It's from Eric in Omaha. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to blame the person in Wuhan, China, that decided to have some nice bat. That's that's who I'm going to blame. How about that? You know, that's, a that's good crazy, call. man. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, uh, Lupe from Mission Penadejo. You ever heard of that in California? No. P e n d e j o. Yeah, I know what Pendejo is. I know. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, he writes in. He says, uh, "Can't be the only one that thinks uh, Chris Carter looks like the California raisin." 
Uh, feel free to discuss. He sent a photo, which obviously I can't show you right here. Um, but uh, he, uh, I got to tell you, uh, not uh, not a bad uh, reference. He does look like, uh, to me, uh, the uh, California Raisin, Chris <laughs> Carter. Who knew? Oh, boy. Yeah. Formerly of FS1. Briefly. Briefly of FS1. I don't know what he's doing these days. I don't know what's got going on. But, uh, by the way, that guy from Mission Viejo, where I used to hang out, I went to Saddleback College, which is right there, right. sandwiched uh, right around between Rancho Santa Margarita on one side. You had Laguna Hills. Lake uh, Forest. Lake Forest is right there. Yeah. Uh, go a little further south, uh, you've got, well, over near the ocean, you had Laguna Beach. San Clemente. Beautiful. Good. Dana Point's down there. Awesome. Very white Just collar. Great. Yeah. That's a well. Yeah, it's white. Of course, you yeah. go to college in a white collar place. But I'm from the mean streets of Irvine, California. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I live on the north part of town, the bad part of town, the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, it's where I lived. It's yeah. very difficult. A lot of tough track housing when I was growing up there. I had a lot of uh, strip malls I had to deal with. It was a big problem. Yeah. I survived them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Jason from Tampa writes in. Says my question is if you had to be quarantined. In the Fox studios, because of this uh, coronavirus, would you be with who would you be with out of your four, these four options? Uh, Eddie, Koopa Loop, Roberto, or that snake Gascon? Oh, you know it would be me. No way. Of course it would be. No, no, you'd be yeah. annoying, and uh, yeah. you don't know how to park. I, don't, I, I can't imagine your bedroom, <sighs> like uh, your bathroom and bedroom habits. You probably fart all the time. You're disgusting. Uh, so, uh, no, I'd probably go with Roberto because he'd cook. You know, cooking with Roberto. That's not racist. He do Well, no, he does a segment, dummy, <laughs> called Cooking with Roberto, and he likes to cook. If we're quarantined here in the studio, we have no goddamn grill. We have nothing in here except for you microwave. You can cook in the microwave. Oh, yeah. What, you're Come gonna, on, man. You're going to reheat frozen food. You're not going to cook anything. Just so, nuke it. Oh, Just that's, nuke that's it. That's not cooking. Yeah, it is. My no. dad, according to my dad, it's cooking. He I, puts everything in the microwave. So what happens if Roberto starts drinking then? Oh, that would be a problem. Exactly. It would have to be a dry uh, quarantine. Yeah. But, like, Coop would just smoke weed. That would give me a headache. Um, Eddie would want to talk about hockey or wouldn't talk at all, so I don't <laughs> think that would be any fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That'd be dangerous. Uh, so I, yeah, I'd go with Roberto. That'd, that'd be my guy. Uh, Jason in Rocky Mount, Virginia, writes and He says, hey, guys, did any of you ever make a game-winning play in uh, sports, uh, little league, high school, college, whatever. And if you did, what was your celebration that particular day? Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, no. Uh, my claim to fame in youth sports was I hit one of the longest home runs in the history of Northwood Little League. That was, at the time, I was told the same distance like Mark McGuire hit. I had a metal bat. I was tremendously fat and all this stuff. And uh, made contact on the sweet spot. And they estimate that that ball I hit when I was like 13 years old went 450 feet. And uh, you know how they have the little league fence and all that? Yeah. It was like twice the fence. It was insane. Oh, um, but that's my claim to fame. But it was not a game-winning home run or anything like that. It was just the most memorable youth sports moment I had. What about you, Gaskin? Uh, well, my senior year, um, I played at a, at a small Catholic school down in San Pedro, but our field was not on campus. It was actually on the coast near Paseo del Mar. So if you're familiar with like Palos Verdes and Rolling Hills, 
It's west of the 405 for those of you that are in California. It, west of the 405. It, if you looked up Terranera Resort or Trump National down in PV, that's kind of where my baseball diamond was. Anyways, uh, a couple days prior to our first round playoff game, my grandfather had died, and he's a huge baseball guy. He's he's like you us. He just raw with baseball, just talks about it all the time. Well, we're in a playoff game, but so is my sister. She was playing softball at the – there's a driving range down in, in San Pedro. The LAPD does their target practice at, and there's connected a softball field. So my dad, who was working at the time, was driving back and forth between our two games, which was about like 10 miles apart. Uh, anyways, we played a school from up here called Campbell Hall, and I led the ball game off in the second inning with a solo home run. We bust the, the the gates wide open, Ben. It was seven to nothing into the seventh inning. A high school ball ends in seven innings. Well, the opposing team came back off of a couple errors and they tied it seven seven <laughs> into the into the bottom of the seventh. We were retired, so we go to extra innings. And at that point in the ball game, I was one for one in the ball game with a solo home run and two walks. Uh, I come up in the bottom of the eighth inning. I'm on deck, and the guy ahead of me. Hits this shot off the center field wall, just misses hitting a home run. And I come up next, and they bring in a relief pitcher, and supposedly this guy was their their ace, like their closer or whatever. And my coach says, just look for something to hit on the ground and, and beat it out, and, and we'll try to get runners at the corners. First pitch I saw, Ben, I hit the shit out of this ball to dead center field, and how our field was was positioned, it goes over the cliff. So my ball went right into the Pacific Ocean. It was wild. And as I'm rounding first base. Is this like the natural where he hits the light stanion and it blows up? And Almost. There was a blow up. So as I'm rounding first base, I'm like saying like loud. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. Like talking shit. One of the guys on my team who had struck out in the previous at bat started talking shit to the pitcher. They collide at the mound and there's a benches clearing brawl as I'm rounding second base. So I yeah. come around third, I touch home plate, and I stood there because I didn't want to get into the brawl and get ejected, right? Best part about this, Ben, was that there was an L.A. judge who was behind home plate, and he videotaped everything. So when the game <laughs> ended, the umpires wanted to throw a couple of our guys out and throw me out for saying that I started the altercation, the umpires go to the judge, and as soon as the judge goes to the umpires, my dad comes in from the parking lot, and he's like, what's going on? And the judge was like, your kid hit a home run off my kid, da-da-da-da-da. The umpires reviewed the tape. They uh, they called it a game-winning home run. Ball game was over, and, and that's how it ended. So my grandmother told me, she's like, I thought your grandfather carried that ball out. It was pretty awesome. It was emotional, you know, so... <laughs> But it was fun. You, you know? sounded just like Al Bundy in the last few minutes here from uh, back. I used well, to watch. You know, uh, I mean, one of us children, one Polk of us, high school. One of us is really long winded for the majority of the time, and some of us are not. So I had to get in my air time when I could. Wow. So I'm coming up for some air right now. So I turn it back over to you. Listen, if you want to come on <laughs> the Ben Mather show over the next month and do an entire hour of radio, no, because that'll give you, Ralph an idea of coming in your fun <laughs> studio, <laughs> and that's the last thing you need at this moment. <laughs> like, uh, apocalypse. Ralph Irvin, I'll choose Apocalypse. Oh, that is uh, tremendous. All right, we're doing grab bag. These are actual questions by actual listeners like yourself. What else do we have here? Let's see. Uh, this I one, one is uh, from Mike in Japan. 
He says, will Commissioner Rob Manford finally bend over and give it to the Astros? Uh, no. 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 Now he doesn't have to. Now, you know, it's, it's like, hey, you get the ultimate trump card excuse, the coronavirus. I can't do anything because of the coronavirus. Uh, everyone's going to be using that as you got to have a fall guy. You got to have a fall guy. Yep. Uh, let's see who else do we have is he uh, uh, Joe in Mount Laurel Pennsylvania says Ben and David your bravery is unmatched in sports talk radio history doing this podcast in the coronavirus pandemic <laughs> well thank you Joe I appreciate that very kind of you to say that and uh, we are risking our lives here we are risking our, you see that email they sent out management sent out they are putting precautions in yeah at our, our facility there. Our colleague, Rob Parker, has been quarantined. Is that right? Yes. I found out today <laughs> when I walked in the studio because I'd, I'd asked, you know, there's a lot of guys here that have wives and kids. And so yeah. I was curious because of the travel with a lot of our hosts on boats, on flights. Like, hey, is there any kind of precautionary measures that we're taking? And then I found out Parker's quarantined. Well, he was on a boat for a week or whatever yeah. right 10 days or something like and that then he, like, and then he flew to the east coast like he flew up to like new york i think it was yeah so yeah okay on lockdown uh yeah it's a no uh no in-studio guests that's gonna really hurt our <laughs> show that's no no in-studio guests i guess that's unfortunate uh john writes and he says in this time of the coronavirus should we replace the handshake with a the fist bump b the elbow tap or c Jazz hands. What is jazz hands? Jazz. Well, if you if you look up the game winning goal that Alec Martinez scored against the New York Rangers in Game Five of the Stanley Cup Final in 2014, jazz hands is like he threw off his gloves and he started shaking his hands. Like, oh, okay, you shake your fingers, kind of. Yeah, yeah. What, that's what, not. That's pretty cool. Why don't you we know what do, I would do? We the do air. I do the air high five. I do that with Roberto because I, no. I practice good hygiene. I do the air high five. Why can't we just be like McGuire and Canseco? Back Bash the, Brothers. Yeah, Bash yeah. Brothers. Go forearm checks. That'd be good. That's very masculine. You know, it's well, very what are we? <laughs> well, we're big masculine people, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Anu in Oren- Owensboro, Kentucky, who regularly sends questions in. I don't think he's missed a week. No. Uh, and he says first, and he's clearly been drinking here because he says, I want to say, uh, uh, he says, this is for Gascon. He says, although most of the Malamusha find you very annoying, I like the energy. Yeah. Uh, he says. Uh, he seems to enjoy your your um, stories, uh, which tells me he's not a discerning customer. No, that's a bad job by you. Well paid. Uh, he says, "I have uh, the question for you: Is what's it what's it like being the son of a cop?" He says, yeah. "And uh, what does your family think of the coronavirus?" Well, being a son of a cop early on was brutal because my dad, he just like he was always stern with me, always serious, and I always walked on eggshells he just because my dad had the voice the mustache and the eyes where he would just beat you down like to this day yeah, your, your dad has like the ultimate police mustache yes like jeff kent tom Selleck. my dad's like right there <laughs> so you should be able to grow that same musket i can't mustache. no i can't he's got, really yeah he's got the skills man he's uh all right. right ben my senior year we did i don't know if you guys did it at your high school but we did uh, a formal in the fall and then uh, a homecoming uh, as well, I mean, prom in the spring. My best friend, Colin, his mom, she, let's just say she liked the party a little bit. She was a flight attendant. She always had a lot of fun, owned a house like on the far side of San Pedro, like close to where Eddie lives. She lived in a cul de sac. Well, the night of our prom, we had a bunch of people that were getting together when school got out. 
my dad had gotten word of it that my buddy Colin's mom was going to have a party there. Alcohol, obviously, no parents or whatever. My dad rolled up in his undercover police car in the cul-de-sac and had that entire block's lights shut off, like the street lights shut off. So I had friends that were rolling up to this house with packs of beer, like six pack, 12 pack, 24 pack. And my dad was sitting in the cul-de-sac and just shaming these people. And they had to pour all their drinks out and leave. <laughs> I, I rolled up in a van with my friends. And as soon as I saw the car, I said, turn around. And we went around. We went to another house party and like had fun the entire night. So I got away with it, but I got... You know, I got pages that night throughout the night saying, hey, your dad fucked up our prom party. I was like, no, he fucked up your prom party. He didn't fuck up mine. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. They were probably pissed at your dad. Man. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, my dad was a cop, though. And my mom was a teacher. So you know, I had it hard. Yeah. Well, as far as the coronavirus, I don't think you're any different than anybody. I mean, I, I will tell you that my wife works at a police station and- so and she comes home obviously and we're hanging out and stuff. So I'm thinking like if anybody at the precinct she works at, she's a 911 operator. But if anyone gets the coronavirus, then uh, then I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's gonna get it, and then I'll get it, and then uh, we're off to the races. Now, have you done any kind of countermeasures at this time? I know you had that picture on Instagram with the toilet paper and paper towels, but. Have you done anything else like vitamin uh, supplements? Nah, I'm or? still I'm still going to the gym. My wife wishes I wouldn't go to the gym until this is all settled down. But I feel like it's good uh, for my immune system, and I'm paranoid about losing, you know, gaining yeah. weight. Well, two two uh, quick things so. that I, I did for my sisters and for my mom and dad was I bought um, a little packet. They're called Drip Drop, and it's powder, which is basically like a like an IV pack. Um, that's really good for rehydration. And then I also bought some power beats. Um, that's good for your heart, your blood circulation and whatnot. So I bought a lot of the other health products that people should be getting that probably don't cause they're too much, too busy stocking up on the toilet paper. And yeah. Paper you know, and again, I'm, I'm really, I wish I was more concerned. Maybe I should be, maybe I'm going to get the coronavirus cause I'm not that concerned. Like, but I've read a lot of the facts. I haven't read the stories. I've read the facts and the yeah. facts, unless they're complete bullshit, maybe they are, you know, deep state conspiracy. There's a lot of people peddling panic oh, yeah. and it, it reminds me to a degree, and maybe this will be proven correct. All these people, these doomsday prophecies that people are spreading from the science community will be proven correct. And, you know, this will wipe out the you know general population and this will be terrible and many of us are going to die and all that stuff or it's going to be like uh, back in the year 2000 i remember in the lead up to oh, it was y2k <laughs> yeah. and there were people respected people in the science community that were getting on radio and television talking about how they you know you better bunker down by it was the same thing buy water buy toilet paper yeah. because everything's going to shut down once we flip from 1999 to the year 2000 and uh, nothing fucking happened yeah nothing happened now again that's different this is a pandemic um, so we'll, we'll see. But but it's a pandemic. Know, not, it's not an apocalypse. It, it shouldn't cause the markets to tank like this. But Well, you, people, it's being fueled by social media. It's like dry brush and you throw some lighter fluid and light it on fire. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go pretty far. Right. It's going to go pretty far. Uh, let's see I, what else we have. Uh, Kevin writes, he says, uh, I, I moved to Norway. I can now listen to your entire show uh, in the mornings, you're on an Oslo, Norway in the morning. Oh, the capital. Look at that. Nice. And I loved you on radio sports in New Zealand when I, he lived in New Zealand. Mm. He's from the U.S. 
He says he likes listening to the show and the podcast. A slice of home in a crazy world. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. That's cool. That's pretty neat. Mike from Cleveland writes in, just heard a Skechers commercial. When did Tony Romo become an NFL legend? Uh, when he dropped the snap. Was that when he became? <laughs> uh, you're a dick. Uh, listen, I like... I like Romo, but uh, anything for a commercial. Jordan in Seattle writes in says, Ben, what do you think of the state of sportsmanship in youth sports? Referees are in deep shortage due to the lack of sportsmanship in this country. Uh, is what he uh, says. Yeah, you know, I, I believe in showmanship and bravado when you get to the professional ranks. But yeah, when you're a kid, you know, these are life lessons, right? You're supposed to follow certain guidelines. I, I, the the parents, man, you go to these youth sporting events, the parents are just completely unhinged. They think every call, every official's out to get them and all that. I, I, I was very briefly an AYSO referee because uh, I wanted the uniform, and, uh, and I was a soccer referee when I was like a teenager. You could do it, and it was a debacle. I think I'd be a pretty good umpire, though. I think I'd be pretty. I'd be like the uh, the old umpire who died years ago, Durwood Merrill. Oh, Street! <laughs> great turning point. I I when I was a kid, I would used to go to Angel games all the time. I lived in Orange County, and I would sneak down in like the seventh inning, right behind the dugouts. And Durwood Merrill, I am convinced, pointed at me like seven times in a row. He like stared at me and pointed. Strike. It's pretty good. And, and here I am, all these years later, I still have this very vivid memory of uh, of that. So, all right, what email do you have? Go ahead. Uh, what do I got? I got. Oh, you, you know said what? you had some. How I about the uh, how about the highway patrol guy that loves the show? He likes me. Doesn't like that's you. That's right. That's your. That's our first CHP, right? Ah, uh, yes. That's our first CHP because we were talking about. Well, what were we talking I, about last week? I told it. Well, I need a, a CHP guy to vouch for me because I get like pulled over, you know, because like there's. Oh, like, that's right with your wife because your wife has the get out of free. Uh, yeah, she's got uh, get out of jail free, but I need like a good CHP guy to help me out. And uh, I asked him. I think I jokingly said, "Hey, maybe you can send me a business card or something <laughs> like that," but I don't think he responded. So, um, yeah. our good friend, more so mine than yours, but uh, I'm a pilot. Um, you got you have been all over this guy like what are you white talking on about? rice. Let we, it go. We've been we've been talking. We've been communicating. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, you got to be kidding me. What? Why are you being frustrated? Oh, because you're—it's obvious what you're doing. What am I doing? You, you're like you know. I've I've known you. You're making a move out of uh, certain women have this in their playbook. You're an opportunist. Oh wow! Uh, we all you know are. You're, you're the woman that goes in the bar and scans the room and tries to determine who's got the most power or influence, and yeah. that's where I'm going to go. Uh, so I'm trying to do this with a pilot. You're saying, is it a coincidence, Gascon, that since you started flirting with the pilot, <laughs> that the travel industry has gone in the shitter? No, it's it's not that. Right? I mean, are these things unrelated? Are these events unrelated, or are they related? The the curse of Gascon. You, uh, you know, for years, for the last fifty years, if you had a friend that was a pirate uh, pilot, you'd be in pretty good shape. Yeah, you'd be in pretty good shape. Now they're canceling all kinds of flights. No one wants to travel anywhere. They're they're traveling two petri dishes, and uh, and now now you've become friends with a pilot. Uh, I just think you loggerhead. I'm I'm bonding. That's what I'm doing. Anyway. He was reverting back to our uh, our conversation last week about baseball cards and collectibles, and he wanted to know what he should do because he has a box of of 
cards. Uh, that includes like Cecil Fielder, Ben McDonald, Ricky Jordan. Uh, but he has all these cards and he has nothing to do with them now because the value has decreased so much on him. Like, what do you think he should do with them? All right, so I, I'm in the same position. I'm, I believe, around the same age as I'm a pilot. So I, I've lived the same life. I invested in Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie cards. Yeah. I invested in um, Billy Ripken fuckface on the end of the bat <laughs> cards. I had a lot of those. I had the reverse negative Dale Murphy yeah. card that was worth a lot of money. And so I, I have at my, uh, my, my dad's house, my dad complains all the time, you got all these baseball cards, you want them? I'll drive them to your house, you know. And I'm like, no, no, we'll just leave them there. We'll just leave them there. Um, but you, you got to go through. There's probably some stuff that's worth money. Like I have, the, the most valuable cards I have are the Michael Jordan second year card, which I don't know how much it's worth now. It was worth a lot of money last I checked. Was that upper deck? No, basketball cards were not very popular at all. Um, I don't think it was upper deck. It was, uh, I had had like a Bill Walton rookie card. And uh, yeah, so I had a few of them, but that was just dumb luck. Like I just bought a couple of boxes of basketball cards and they weren't really popular. Baseball cards were popular. Basketball cards weren't popular. Football cards weren't really popular. It was only baseball that was popular. Yeah. Um, but as far as what you should do with it, I would go through it, try to figure out if there anything is worth something. I bet you that you have something that's worth some money. Sell that. And then the rest of it, you can dig a hole in your backyard with a shovel, uh, put it all in the hole in like a time capsule, and then cover the dirt and then uh, say your uh, final uh, prayers. Put it in a will. That's what you should do. Or you can make, if you really want to give it away, you can go to like a card show and say, hey, uh, I got this. Or, or try putting it on an eBay and say, yeah. you know, for you know, 200 bucks, I'll give you an entire card collection, you know, something like that. Somebody might buy it. You not, never know. Not bad. How about this? Jay Scoop, he has a question for both of us. I'm the great Jay Scoop, winner of the back-to-back talent show yeah. from Seattle, Washington. Great city, Seattle. I love Seattle. Good dude. He says, I'm slowly approaching the release of my band's debut album and a road tour. It's probably going to be canceled, but I realize that our band name kind of sucks. At least it's not good enough. Right now is the best time to make a change before too long. Need something catchy, but not dumb. And inspires a fun logo and t-shirt designs. If you had to pick a band name, what would it be? I'll go first and I'll, okay. s- I'll say Emerald Haze. Would be a good Emerald Haze. I'm sure there's a band already named Emerald Haze. You think so? Don't you think? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not big in the. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. You have to look that up. Well, you you need something that has to do with muscle, don't you? I mean, you want to show that you're strong and powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Green Day isn't really a strong name, or. Well, I'm okay. Emerald Haze. Uh, That's a cannabis company. Uh, what, what would be a good band name? I'm trying to think here. Uh, this is where you're Mortal Kombat. How about Mortal <laughs> Kombat, the bad with the band? Would that work? You got to do it with a K instead of a C, or what? How about Crack Commandos? Would that be good? Like you the just, A-team back in the day, the Crack Commandos? You're or? defecating on the idea of giving J-Scoop's band a name. No, I I'm, I want to see J Scoop do very well. I would be not, I would be so happy if J Scoop moved up to like Rusev level, and became like yeah. that band just took off yeah. and became massively big, and and then I could brag to my friends that yeah. I knew J Scoop before 
he became this almighty, all-powerful music mogul. Opportunist, uh, yeah. That would be be great. Well, no, I don't. That's not like Rusev does anything for me. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing really going on. He's a fan of the show and he still listens. Yeah. He's a good human being because he likes the Clippers, you know, and all that. Uh, band name? Don't they have band name generators on the internet? Don't they have that? Probably. Don't be lazy. You were just boasting about your improv squ- skills like two days ago, and all of a sudden you have nothing in the tank. How about how about a uh, how about a band called Status Quo? Would that be good? No, You're you don't like lame. Status Quo. That doesn't work. You're lame. That's not lame. How about Bridge to Nowhere? That'd be good, that, right? That, Bridge that, to Nowhere. That's actually pretty good. That's not bad. That's Bridge good. to Nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's uh. I don't know. You could do that. You could do, um, I don't know. What's that political term? Pork barrel. Pork barrel <laughs> spending. How about just pork barrel spending as your, the name of your band? Maybe. No? I don't know. How about uh, white whale? No. No? Too People polit- search for the white whale their entire lives. They never see the white whale. Yeah, they might think it's discrimination against other kind of whales. Or fat people. Maybe. Uh, and calling people fat. It's an uninclusive term yeah uh how about law of karma as a name of a band would that be good law of karma wait i got one cause and effect about that no no you don't like cause and effect i like your original one better all right anything else you got there buddy any Uh, other uh, band names you want to come up with here no no i don't think i was looking at emails terry sent an email to me just you know, patting me on the back. I thought it was a good job by him. He's out yeah, the UK. I think Terry's got the coronavirus. Shut you know. up. Yeah, he must. Why are you getting mad that some of your listeners are actually applauding me? Give well, me- they say there's a certain percentage of society that just completely gets um, brainwashed by anything. Yeah. And you know, so you're getting those people, those very few people that are not discerning customers of audio content Listen, that I, are falling I, for you. I am. I, I am the. I'm Vegas here. You're the. You're the Joe public and i'm vegas Everyone that's right i am the man of the people yeah. you are correct you're finally getting uh, it here I, got, I am the working class people's I, talk show host i got the sharps that come my way and you get the you get the yeah. the lively chalk that goes your way so I, i'll go back to the coronavirus briefly <laughs> so the business i work in sports radio i've been texting some friends of mine and we were trying to determine like what's going to happen next in our business because we're worried about ourselves yeah do the ratings go up? Do we have more people listening in the next month, even though there's no sports going on, because of A, curiosity, B, boredom, and you need something to do to entertain yourself? Uh, I mean, is that a possibility? Or are we just talking to ourselves here? Are we, you know, I'd be better off going out and talking into a garden hose. More people would hear me. Well, I don't um, know. Every show is different, but like your show is a dynamic show where you get other ones that are straight like talk at you radio. So I think every yeah. show is different. And because you listen to a lot across the United States, there's certain shows and hosts that only talk at you. Others are more of like a morning style, free flowing type of environment. Yours isn't like that. Yeah. And as, as long as commerce continues, like I'm assuming that the truck drivers, we have a lot of truck drivers that drive around having to deliver uh, toilet paper to stores and shit like that. So they, yeah. they have to be up driving all night and all that. So we got them. That's a captive audience. Yeah. The, the guys in prison, they can't go anywhere. Law enforcement? Law enforcement still has to work, sure. Yeah. Public servants, firefighter. 
um, government officials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we'll I think we'll be okay. And I, the other thing that it's it's really goes back to what we were talking about earlier with human nature. Yeah. Um, I know from from the past uh, scandal, death, pandemic uh, that it's human nature at a primal level. You actually listen more. Like people want to hear, they want to consume this communal experience. And since you can't actually get together in public in a lot of these places where the coronavirus is raged on, uh, it's a way to get everyone together without actually touching each other and being in the same room and yeah. listening to the radio, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you know what? Kind of neat. I called the first round of the Big West Conference Tournament on Tuesday night inside the Pyramid in Long Beach. My condolences. Humble brag, Gascon. <laughs> no, but Ben, it was an empty gym, and the best part was is my radio call actually bled into the ESPN call, so it's pretty awesome. That is good. Yeah, I remember when the White Sox played the Orioles five years ago, and they had no fans. Yeah, and the broadcasters were they were they started talking in a golf voice because they realized the players on the field could hear everything they were saying from the press boxes. There was no there was no crowd noise to drown out what the broadcasters were saying. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. Right, we have some study. This you want to do a little study? Uh, this I don't real know. quick. Your your former executive producer Robert Guerra has uh, has just told me to get the fuck out of here. Is that right? Yeah, he says. Well, fuck him. All right, let's do study this. All right, uh, let's see here. Well, what percentage of workers are too intimidated to tell their boss about problems? I'd say I'd say high. I'd probably go like eighty uh, percent. Not that high, but high. Sixty percent of employees say they are too intimidated to tell their boss about problems. I would say I'm in that category, but not. Because I'm intimidated by my boss. My bosses are pretty cool. But I've experienced in my professional career that out of sight, out of mind is not a bad thing. That once you get on the radar of your boss, then they start snooping around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like if I, they don't really think much about the overnight show. But if I start saying, hey, I got a problem with, you know, so and so, then they start snooping around. Yeah. And it creates other problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why you brought me on during the summer of ni- uh, 2019 to be your producer, because you needed some help. So I appreciate that. Well, I felt uh, bad for you. No, you didn't. You you toss a feel, dog a bone. You don't feel you know, bad for toss anybody. Toss a dog a bone. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of Americans claim they watch television with their pet? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, women with cats, I'd say, I don't know, 62%. Yeah. All right. It's 46%. No, that's not bad. Uh, this is bullshit. Pets don't watch television. They don't. Um, I have my my dog Bella. Bye bye, Carbella. Um, when we're watching TV at the house, and Bella will be in the room hanging out. Bella's like staring at us, waiting us for for us to eat something and drop food. <laughs> not staring at the TV. So I guess technically in the room, but not really watching the the TV. All right, new study uh, reveals how many years does it take to reach best friend status? Two. No. You're wrong. Four years. Oh. New study says four years you become a best friend. So that means you're not anywhere. You cannot be my best friend. Cannot be my best friend. Uh, let's see here. A uh, new study shows a veganism is up by 300% in the U.S. 9.7 million Americans now claim to be plant-based. <laughs> if they watch Super Size 2, I might believe that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're healthy. That's like another... Like my dad eats vegetarian burgers all the time, and it's filled with shit. Yeah. 
filled with chemicals. You could, but the 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 vegetarian burgers, you put that MSG in there, boom, you're good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle that on everything. Can I get a dash of MSG with my fries, please? Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, all right, new survey revealed what percentage of Americans claim they have thrown out their partner's stuff after a heated argument. Oh, man. Um, you know, I'll go low with this. I'll go like 22%. So you think 22%? Yes. All right. Uh, it is low, but it's uh, it's a little lower than that. 10%. Okay. That's a real douchebag move to throw somebody's stuff out. I mean, that's that's psychotic, yes? Yeah, it is. You've never done that, have you? No, I've kept some stuff too, but... Little souvenirs, trinkets? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I got you. All right, a, a new survey says... Half of all Americans would rather pay somebody to do this for them instead of doing it themselves. Clean their house. Uh, no. Laundry? No. One more guess. Wash their car. Yes. Mm-hmm. How about that, Gascar? Yeah. Wash their car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind washing my car. I just feel like the process takes too long. Yeah. We should expedite the process of washing the car because I like to do it right. You know, I want to wash the inside, the outside. I'm a big wash the inside guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last study this, and uh, it's about art. Uh, check this out. According to new research in 2017, 23 million American adults took an art class or art lessons. That is more than the total number of people that attended an NFL game <laughs> that year. So the art community is braggadocious here, Gascon, that art is... I would like to think that art is bigger than the NFL, right? Yes. Because, cause, because the art classes are year-round. Art lessons are year-round. The NFL plays in a, only one game a week. Yeah. And they play only part of the year. Of course. And you can so, study Of course, art now they might not play at all. Yeah, XFL uh, announced that they canceled their or suspended their season, too. So XFL, yeah. NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball... College athletics. It's Can I get a raise from my bosses? Because I, I, mean, I, I still got four hours, whether they're playing or not. You, you know, know, maybe I should only do two hours. You know, I can just do two hours you you know, know, instead of four. The the best thing with this pandemic going on right now, Ben, is all you got is me. That's the best thing about it. Well, I like, got nothing. I, I got nothing. No, you you got your you got your trusty sidekick. You got that pistol. You got that. Uh, that whippersnapper in, in your corner, so you're lucky. Got a water gun is what I got. Bullshit uh, you you're, do. You're a water gun is what you are. <laughs> What's that? I said bullshit you do. Yeah. You know what you are? You're like going to combat, and one side has hand grenades, and my side has bean bags. No. You're a bean bag is what you are. You know, I'm, I'm like the I'm like White Earp's peacemaker. That's exactly what I am, like a little Colt court 45 action for you. Yeah. Anyways. All right. We'll put the baby to bed. Yes. Yes. We got. All right. We, listen. Be safe. Listen, we got to be followed on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Ben Maller on Fox on Instagram. I need to get my followers up. Ben Maller on Fox on Instagram, uh, and on Twitter, Ben Maller, and on Facebook, it's Ben Maller Show. Yes. So I've got three different names for each platform, which is really not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. I just realized that every platform has a different name. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Fair and you're on there, Gagon, right? The Gagon account? Uh, Instagram on... is at Dave Gascon. At Gagon. Okay. Uh, Twitter is at David J. Gascon. At Gagon. Uh, and I don't use Facebook because I'm not a nerd. 
So uh, wow, yeah, I had, you know I don't need uh, to have... you don't want to relate to your your old grandpa, grandma, uncles, aunts, uh, cousins. Uh, uh-huh. You're a schmuck. Uh, I actually use the telephone. I text them. I call them. I, I don't use yeah. the telephone. Yeah. I know you could get the coronavirus using your phone. You're That's a fool. Right. Yeah. All right, listen, have a great weekend. Again, be safe. Uh, boy, if you really want to tune in to a car wreck, listen to some sports radio over the next couple of weeks. It is going to be amazing. I am going to go deep in my bag of tricks. Like I said earlier, I'm going to do every hack thing to fill time you can possibly want. But anyway, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. Not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.